Hey, Prime members, you can listen to That Spooky early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. You're listening to a Morbid Network podcast. Whether you hydrate to live or live to hydrate, Liquid IV quenches your thirst faster than water alone. With three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness, all in a single sugar-free stick. Liquid IV is perfect for daily use before a workout, when you feel run down, after a long night out, or on long flights. Basically, anytime you need a pick-me-up, however you hydrate. Grab your Liquid IV Hydration Multiplier Sugar-Free in bulk nationwide at Costco. Or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code WONDERY at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code WONDERY at liquidiv.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Spooky. I'm Johnny. And I'm Tyler. And this is a weekly podcast that just took a DNA test, and it turns out we are 100% that bitch. <laughs> yes, we are. We are 100% that spooky bitch. Thank you. Oh, damn. Good correction. Mm-hmm. How off-brand of me. I know, right? How uh, very dare you. You know what? How about I just lock myself in the shame closet for a good 10 minutes, <laughs> yeah. handle spooky gay bullshit, and I'll sort myself out. That sounds like a great idea. Great. Yeah, yeah well, as delightful as 10 minutes in the shame closet <laughs> sounds... We can just also step into it. Yes, let's get into it. Yeah, we'll pretend like that never happened. (laughs) All right. Well, welcome to Spooky Gay Bullshit, everyone. Top of the hour. I want to talk about something that is spooky, gay, and hopefully doesn't have any bullshit connected to it. Yes. Dragula. Oh, hell yeah. She's back. So, you might be asking yourself, what's Dragula? Is it that song by Rob Zombie? Mm Mm-mm. Yes, but no. Is it that car that the Munsters used to drive around in? Yes, but no. Mm Mm-hmm. Because the Dragula we're talking about is a reality competition show featuring nothing but spooky drag queens. Yes. Yeah, so, praise be the Boulay brothers, they are bringing us season three of Dragula, it premieres this August, and we just got our Meet the Monsters video. We did. Yeah, so now we know who the cast is, and wouldn't you know it, if you go on over to patreon.com slash thatspooky, also known as the secret society that doesn't suck. We're getting a makeover. Mm-hmm, welcome, we're repainting that bitch. You can go over and listen to our reactions to all of the queens on Dragula, so. Yes. 
like, we'll spare you the queening out right now. But let's just say this cast is looking fucking good. Yes. And if you're not familiar with what Dracula is, you need to go and check it out. There are two seasons available, and I think they're on YouTube. Yeah, I think if you're in America, you can get them on YouTube or WoW Presents Plus. I think you can get them on OTV Go up here in Canada. You might even be able to get them on Amazon Prime. I don't know. It's all regional, honey. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But needless to say, take our word for it. If you enjoy RuPaul's Drag Race on any level, or if you watch RuPaul's Drag Race and you're like, it's not really for me. I'm a little bit too hardcore for this shit. You will love Dragula. Yes, get into it. Yeah, and who knows? It might come up again in future conversations. It might not. Chances are it will. But if anything, just learn it and learn it well. Yes, honey. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of learning it and learning it well, you know who's not doing that this week? Who? Scarlett Johansson. She never learns anything. <laughs> she really doesn't. Oh, my God. So, okay, well, welcome to the rest of Spooky Gay Bullshit. Uh-huh. So you want to talk about Scarlett Johansson? <laughs> we want to talk about Scarlett Johansson because this is some bullshit. Yeah, let's get into it. Now, here's a little primer for anybody who's not familiar with the ScarJo scandal. Mm-hmm. Basically, in 2018, she was casted in a film to play a trans man, and the internet went off. Understandably so. So anyway, she landed this role. She got a lot of heat about it. Eventually, she did back out of it, but not without a fight. Oh, yeah, no, and not without trying to make us all feel real bad about it. Exactly. Trying to make us all feel like snowflakes because she can't play a trans man without getting shit for it. Right, exactly. But Mama, she is at it again. She had just had an interview with As If magazine, and she had been quoted saying this, you know, as an actor, Actor, I should be allowed to play any person or any tree or any animal because that's my job and the requirements of my job. Pass that to me for a moment, please. Let me take that again. She said, you know, as an actor, I should be allowed to play any person or any tree or any animal because that's my job and it's the requirements of my job. <laughs> that is an uncanny Scarlett Johansson impression. Well, when your head is stuck that far up your ass, I'm assuming <laughs> that it comes out muffled. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But mama, you wouldn't you know that that's not where she ended. She said that there's a lot of social lines being drawn now and a lot of political correctness is being reflected in art. Now, girl, you have been hanging around with Robert Downey Jr. a little bit too long to have your thoughts so fucking twisted, especially when you got hand at your own ass less than six months ago over this exact same thing. Legitimately. Like, you and Jerry Seinfeld can go fucking run off to an island together and get away from all the politically correct people that are trying to stop your fun. Exactly. Fuck off. Exactly. So it looks like, Mama, today it's not just straight white men that suck, some straight white women also fucking suck. Because here's the tea. Scarlett Johansson is probably one of the most powerful actors in Hollywood at this point in time because she is a part of the Marvel franchise, which is just like the Bianca Bucks of Hollywood. That's tea. Uh-huh. And you know, instead of fighting for more maybe equality within Hollywood, she's bitching and complaining because she'd lost one 
role mm-hmm. that wasn't made for her. Hasn't she also played, like, in Ghost in the Shell? Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, she played an Asian person. Yeah, I think that was in, like, 2016, and she got a lot of heat for that because of that really should have been a role that went to an Asian actor. That just blows my mind. It's like, all tea, if your name and whitewashing are already kind of connected, you would think you'd be a little bit more sensitive to this shit. Exactly. But once you know it, she's coming out now saying that, you know, the quote was taken out of context, that it was clickbait, and it was used against her, blah, 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 blah. Blah, once again, ScarJo's playing the victim with this bullshit. Totally. And we're just not having it. No, I'm not having it at all. And it just really pisses me off when people get so butthurt about proper representation in performance. Mm-hmm. Like, great, we're making steps forward and you're complaining because you can't parade around in other people's lived experiences. Exactly. And all of this is in light of the controversy with Disney casting a black woman as Ariel and people are freaking out being like, but she's supposed to have red hair. She could still have fucking red hair and who even fucking cares? It's a fucking mermaid. Uh-huh. Mermaids aren't real, Barbara. I hate to break it to you. Like, let's not try to break down the fucking, like, ethnic origins of Ariel the mermaid. Yeah. Because you're not going to get that far. Exactly. And all tea if mermaids were real, they would be the succubus of the sea, and they would just be eating people and swallowing them whole and pulling them into their watery graves. Totally. Uh Anyway, ScarJo, messy queen. Yeah, Scar Joe to bed. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just can't wait for that tree movie to come out. She's going to do an amazing job. Oh, yeah, no, mm-hmm. I can't wait to see her play a tree. Yeah. Yeah, no, because it's her duty and right as an actor. Right, and it's a requirement of her job. Moving forward. Moving forward. We have another little news article, and this one is much more exciting. These spooky bitches were looking out for us this week because little did I know and little did you know, but the heavy metal knitting competition actually happened. I know, I forgot about it. I know. Entirely. Mm-hmm. So on July 11th, the world's first heavy metal knitting competition happened in Finland. Yes! Finally! Now, as we talked about, I don't even know what episode we talked about this on. It was a while ago, but we talked about when they were calling for auditions and just saying that Finland has a real, like, affinity with heavy metal music and knitting. So they wanted to find a way to kind of combine the two together. And Mama, they did. Oh, they fucking did. I saw the video. Yeah, exactly. So the competition basically promised in heavy metal knitting, needlework, and music become united like never before. Knitting to the rhythm of heavy metal music can be compared to playing air guitar, which is a Finnish way to goof around as well. Yes! <laughs> yes! So the Japanese Giga Body Metal Group was announced as the winner of the competition on Thursday, and then second place went to Craps with Ellen, uh-huh. and then third place went to Nine Inch Needles. Which I fucking <laughs> love. Look, the alt-rock and fucking, like, metal and knitting portmanteaus that uh-huh. came out of this. Yeah. Are beautiful. They're beautiful. Because another one of the groups is called Pearl Jam, right? But like P U R L. Yes, exactly. Yeah. My pussy is on fire. Yeah. Now, apparently, performances were rated by a jury according to their attitude, performance skills, how they capture their audience, and by heavy knitting hood, which was not described or explained on their website. No, because it's a <laughs> feeling, it's a moment, right? it's something within your bones, and you can't put it into words. Exactly. You will know heavy knitting hood when you see it. Totally. That would be like mm-hmm. trying to get someone to describe The Rock. You know? Exactly. And not like yeah. The Wrestler, but you know, like 
The Rock. The Rock, like yeah, rock. You know, yeah. the spirit of rock. The spirit of rock yeah, and roll. And, yeah. Yeah, you know, to quote Morgan McMichaels, rock and roll, baby. <laughs> exactly. Rock and roll. Now, Gigabody Metal was chosen as the winner because their performance had a story and the accessories and performances consisted of a combination of their own culture, knitting, and heavy metal. Yeah, it did. Yes. Now, one of the reasons why the crafts with Ellen placed second place, and they were from Denmark, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes, they were from Denmark. So they placed second place because their performance included special ninja gear. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And then Nine Inch Needles' performance ranked third because it had a story and a battle and has top-class accessories. Totally. But, <laughs> I mean, we got to give it up to number one. Like, they had a sumo fight in it. They did. There was so much headbanging. Yeah, there was, was a knitting geisha. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, like, it was It was good. really good. Yeah, I mean, we could describe it all day long, but y'all should really just go and look at some of the footage of the heavy metal knitting competition. It's going to happen again next year. And imagine it, too, because it was totally day drag. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a little stage out in, like, a town square in the middle of the day. Yeah. You got a heavy metal band in the back line of the stage. And then just out in front is this spectacular knitting extravaganza with people from all ages just standing around watching it happen in their raincoats. <laughs> yeah. I wish really I was good. there. I know there are apparently about 200 people in attendance, but they definitely hope that this will grow, and I believe they are going to have the second one next year. I am so excited to see how this unfolds. This was just the pilot. Exactly. I love it. So anyway, I love that it actually happened. I love that it was a success, and I'll be looking forward to seeing who wins next year. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can become judges. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they liked our tweet. Oh, my God, let's do it. Okay. we got to get in there from the ground up, you yeah. know? Yeah, no, maybe we should just do, like, a grassroots kind of thing. Maybe people mm-hmm. should start writing into the heavy metal knitting competition and being like, you know, I get the guys from that spooky on your yeah. other's panel. <laughs> yeah. Those bitches know how to rock. They know how to roll. And they even know how to knit a little bit. I don't know how to knit. And I mean, to be fair, you tried learning how to knit when you were on uh, medication and painkillers for your wisdom teeth. So oh, no. I don't know how much you retained. Oh, I learned how to knit. Oh, don't okay. worry. I learned how to knit in the two weeks before I knew I was getting my wisdom teeth taken right. out. Okay. And then when I was fucked on medication uh-huh. after getting my wisdom teeth taken out, I I tried to knit a dog sweater. Yeah. And it was very interesting. Yeah, and I mean, you were doing a good job, but at the time, Fleetwood was a very young puppy, so he was, like, changing size every two weeks. And so. that was the medication part, yeah. I yeah. did not take into account the fact that an eight-week-old puppy grows. Very quickly. Because it was that thing where it was like, oh, we just got this dog. I just got my wisdom teeth out. I'm going to be at home for two weeks doing nothing. I'm just going to knit all the time. Yeah. And, like, it was wackadoo, let's yeah. just say that. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, but hey, there might be like um, inspiration for your performance. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? more confident, capable surgeons, and even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. 
Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, my God. We could bring Fleetwood out. I can uh-huh. knit a sweater onto him. Uh-huh. And you can have gauze in your mouth. Yeah. Oh, my God. And I can rip out my teeth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be so that is, cute. That is metal as fuck, though. That is metal as <laughs> That's fuck. That's metal as fuck. Oh, I love it. All right. Well, don't hold me to that last part. Right. But maybe we'll be there. Who knows? Who knows? Time to get our passports together. Okay. Well, do you have any oopsie poopsies this week? I don't think that I do. I do. You do. Well, look, it wasn't so much as a factual oopsie poopsie as it was just a really beautiful slip of the tongue that I more or less just want to highlight. Oh, okay, yes. I can't let this shit go by. So, last week when I was talking about the dancing plague of 1518, I was really getting into things and there was a moment where I was, you know, expressing that it had grown to 400 people, etc, etc, and I got so caught up in the fact that there was a daily death toll that I uttered the sentence and people were also started dying (laughs) with extreme concern. Yeah. People were also started dying. Like, did you know people were also started dying? (laughs) I absolutely love it. It's very endearing. It was one of those things that it just happened, and I was like, I can edit this out, but fuck it. I more or less just want to highlight this moment. That's it. We're just being real, baby. I'm just a stupid, spooky bitch. (laughs) All right. Well, on that note, I guess we can just get into it then yes Mm -hmm. you're going first this week right yes okay well lay it on me mister all right so it's been a hot minute since i've done anything in relation to castle ghosts oh yeah it has been and that's one of your favorite topics it is one of my favorite topics but the last time i did it was all the way back to episode seven. Oh shit yeah where i talked about lep castle Ooh, 34 episodes ago yes so long overdue and on tonight i'm going to be talking about chillingham castle get it uh-huh. so chillingham castle is a medieval castle in the village of chillingham in northumberland it's at the most northern part of England. Sounds chill. Yes. See what I did there? <laughs> yes. So it dates back to the 1200s with the majority of its brutal history spanning the 1300s. What a great time. Yes. So the castle was originally a monastery in the 12th century and in 1298 King Edward I stayed at the castle on his way to Scotland to battle a Scottish army led by William Wallace. Oh, hello, Braveheart. Hi. Braveheart, how are you? Mm, love your makeup. Yeah, I heard that they actually didn't wear makeup like they did in the movie. Really? Yeah, I don't know, but you know, it's drag. Missed opportunity. Blue is totally your color. Totally. Now, King Edward was known as Edward Lawnshanks for his imposing heights, but the Scottish knew him as Hammer of the Scots, because Mama, didn't he just hate the Scots? Was he a wrestler? He was not a wrestler. He was just an English king. Okay, Same thing, I guess. Kind of. Same amount of bravado. Exactly. So basically, long story short, because of where it was geographically located, Chillingham Castle saw a lot of battles between the English and the Scots because it was the closest part along the actual border. 
much like Lil' Kim, it's been a lot of places, seen a lot of faces, and fucked with different races. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I get it. Yes. Yeah, you just have to equate it to Lil' Kim, and I get history. Exactly. I love it. Yeah. Her lyrics run deep. What can I say? They're timeless, really. Very much so. Yeah. Now, fast-forwarding a little bit into 1344, this is when the castle was actually, like, fortified. It got a moat. It got extra, you know, barriers around it to protect it from war. So it was no longer just this place where the monks and the nuns would hang out. Mm -hmm. They flipped that castle. They flipped that castle, Mama, and it became a brutal fucking place. Oh, so it wasn't like a cute, fun Property Brothers renovation. No, 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 no. It was basically fortified so that it could do as much harm as possible. Oh, shit. So uh-huh. it became a killing machine. Basically. Lovely. Now let's get into that. One of the most prolific rooms in the castle was the dungeon. Mm-hmm. I can imagine. Yeah. Now, for such a prolific room, this room was basically the size of a closet. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like, you would stand in it. You wouldn't even be able to outstretch your arms. Oh, damn. Yeah. But basically, because the English and the Scottish really just hated each other and were fighting over who had the better form of Christianity... Of course. Yeah. Whenever the English got a Scottish person, it didn't matter who they were, what they were. If they were Scottish, they were prisoners. They're like, let me show you our walk-in closet. You'll love it. Exactly. So random Scots all throughout this time would be just locked up in this dungeon, either just waiting their fate you know, biding time, prisoners, whatever. Wait, like multiples at a time? Maybe. Sometimes. Oh my God. Yeah. A group hug. Uh-huh. So many of these prisoners were just left in there waiting. There's actually, if you go into the dungeon to this day, there's graffiti on the wall where they're like, you know, making checks to determine how long they've been there, writing their names, just doing things like that. But then one day the English would be like, okay, you've had enough. So they would walk in there break their arms, break their legs, and guess what they had in the floor, Mama? What? An oubliette. Oh, no, not the oubliette. The oubliette. To the wall. Yes, from the oubliette to the wall. To the blood run down them halls. For real. To so, all those prisoners call. Yeah. Ooh. So basically, after they've broken all of their limbs, they would just drop the prisoners into the oubliette, which was a 20-foot drop. Oh. And there, they would either succumb to their injuries or just starve to death. Bitch, that's a Mortal Kombat finisher. Very that. Oh, my God. Now, it's alleged that the prisoners that didn't die that were just stuck in the oubliette because they were being killed so continuously there are often dead bodies around them mm-hmm. so in kind of an attempt to stay alive they would start to eat the dead bodies they would no. eat other prisoners who were still alive no and sometimes they would even eat themselves girl yeah but Essentially, nobody got out of that oubliette alive. No, you're like, I'm impaled through the chest, but maybe if I keep chomping on my arm, I'll get through this. You never know. Yeah. The will to survive is pretty fucking strong. Look, I I can't say the same. If I was impaled in an oubliette stuck down at the bottom of this fucking well, I would just kind of be like, hmm, well, where can I feel warm at least? (laughs) Right. You know, I would scope out a bathroom. I Mm -hmm. would find a place to do all my stuff, like I said in the last episode. (laughs) Yeah. And then I'd just be like, where can I curl up where no one will trip over me? Right. 
not very far because the oubliette's basically just like a real deep box. Yeah, and you're kind of like pinned to the ground. I think so. Though I don't know if this oubliette had spikes. Oh, I no? think that might have been a special feature of Left Castle. Oh. Yeah, this one might have been just a straight drop. What a letdown. Yeah. But you can still go into this dungeon today, and if you look down through the grate in the oubliette, you're still going to see bones. Oh, damn. Yeah, because for whatever reason, Chillingham Castle really haven't been that on top of cleaning up their bones. Probably because there's so fucking many. Fair enough. What an oubliette down. (laughs) (laughs) I see what you did there, Mama. I'm on it today. Now, speaking of oubliette downs, it just gets worse. Really? Mm -hmm. How? With the courtyard. Basically, I'm taking you on a visual tour. Okay, what was the courtyard on fire? (laughs) Actually. What? (laughs) There was a time that it was really on fire, but... As far as, you know, it's daily activity, people would just kind of get hung there all the time. Is this where the term hanging gardens comes from? I don't think so, but there is a garden outside of the castle, and apparently a lot of people got hung there, too. Now, in regards to the history of Chillingham Castle and the people that died there, we are in the thousands upon thousands number. Damn, that's a lot of ghosts. That's a lot of ghosts. That's like so much unfinished business. Yes. Now, within this courtyard, yes, hangings would happen very often, but there was a really big fire. Now, there was the castle torturer. His name was John Sage. He was a notoriously brutal man. We'll talk about him a little bit more. But at his time there, and this would have been like the late 1300s, one of the wars, because there were just so many wars, one of the wars was winding down, and he had all of these prisoners. And he was like, I need to dispose of them. So what did he do? Oh, no. He took all of the women. He took all of the men. He put them in the courtyard. He took all of their children and put them in the top chamber in the castle called the Edwards Room. So he put them up, gave them a bird's eye view in the Alyssa Edwards Room? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) He gave them a bird's eye view in the Alyssa Edwards Room. He went back down to the courtyard, set tons and tons of fires, and just threw all of the prisoners on the fires, burning them to death. Girl. In the courtyard. Those poor people and their kids. And their kids. Their kids were just upstairs with a view watching this shit go down. And we are talking kids from as young as one years old up to like 12 years old. And heat rises. Yes. That's uncomfortable. Definitely. Oh, girl. But mama, it just gets worse because after John Sage did this, he was like, wait a minute. All of those kids upstairs are not going to be kids forever. Mm -hmm. And when they're not kids anymore, they're going to be pissed off adults. Oh, yeah. Pissed off adults that will want to get revenge on me. Oh, fuck off. Mm -hmm. He did not. He did. He took a hatchet. He went up the stairs and killed every single child in the Edwards room. Go to bed, Wig. You are mm-hmm. not allowed in the Alyssa Edwards room anymore. How dare you mar her name? For real. Now, this hatchet apparently is still on display in Chillingham Castle. Who the fuck wants to remember that? Well, this is its history, though, Mama. Its history is just steeped in misery because the courtyard wasn't the worst place the dungeon wasn't the worst place. 
the torture chamber was probably the worst place in Chillingham Castle. Okay, well, what a fake out because you're going so hard on the dungeon and you don't even tell me there's a torture chamber. Yeah. Holy shit. We're building this shit up. We're turning it up to a legendary. We might not want to go to a legendary, mm-hmm. but this is the history and we're going to go there. Oh my God, it's like they've looked at my Pinterest boards for my dream home. <laughs> right. You know what I yeah. mean? Every home needs a torture chamber. Yeah. And like they literally thought of everything. There were no windows and the floor was slanted so that the blood wouldn't pool. A raked floor. Yeah. Girl. Now, again, John Sage was a brutal man. He was one of King Edward's best men. He was a lieutenant and he fought on the battlefields, but at one point he permanently injured his leg. He was no longer able to fight and he begged for a position at the castle. So King Edward was like, okay, bud, here you go. You can be the castle torturer. Oh, they're like, hey, you're a sick fuck. You'll mm-hmm. love this. Yeah. And John Sage took his job very seriously. I can imagine he did, just like Dennis Rader, the dog catcher. Exactly. Now, he was the torturer for about three years at Chillingham Castle, and he tortured approximately 50 people a week. So, if you do quick math, just within the torture chamber alone, he killed probably 7,500 Scottish prisoners. Oh. And he would use any instrument you can think of. Like, we are talking medieval torture devices. He had devices that would remove their eyes. He had devices that would crush their hands. He had a cage where he would just literally lock them in and allow them to starve to death. He created this thing that would trap a rat in like a bucket oh, and strap that. it to their chest. Yeah, and then heat it up. Yeah, yeah and, and then, then the rat had no way to escape mm-hmm. other than through your fucking chest. Yeah, I've heard about this. Mm-hmm. So he was the originator. I think maybe, actually don't quote me on that. No, he yeah, he was just an eclectic <laughs> collector. Yeah, yeah, just like exactly. the apartment therapy quiz. Exactly. That was the style that he gave me. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. yeah, and that was him for torture devices. Totally. He was just like, you know what, a little bit of everything from different parts of the world, different eras, mm-hmm. mashing together. Yeah. Very boho. Yeah, he wanted to keep it fresh. He wanted variety because he also had a wheel filled with spikes. He had barrels filled with spikes where the prisoners would get stuffed in and they just roll the barrel down the fucking hill and they would have no choice but to get impaled over and over and over and over. What a lazy fucking mm-hmm. way to kill somebody. He had an Iron Maiden, which we are probably all familiar with. It's like this sarcophagus with spikes. Mm-hmm. But these spikes weren't meant to kill you. They were just meant to poke you just a little bit in really uncomfortable ways so that they could interrogate you, get the information they wanted out of you, and Mm -hmm. then when they let you free out of the Iron Maiden, you just slowly bled to death. Yeah, totally. No, it was all for the flair and the drama. It was. Run to the hills. Yes. He had spiked beds. He had the hot seat, which was basically just an iron chair with spikes on it. And they would just push the prisoner down, interrogate them, and then at some point light a fire underneath it. Oh my god. So not only are they impaled, they are also impaled and then burning to death. Ooh, yeah. no. Yeah, this guy didn't fuck around. He also had the rack. And uh, are you familiar with that? Yeah, yeah. he had big old titties. <laughs> not quite that. The rack, if anybody's not familiar with, they would basically 
tie your arms together, <laughs> tie your legs together, and then just pull you apart. Oh yeah, I know, I know that. Mm-hmm. So imagine if this was your fucking nine to five mama. Like just, it's fucked up. Like the medieval times, not the times for me. No, no thank you. Not the times like, for anybody. We, look, we talked about this during the last episode, really. Yeah. We did, yeah. The closest I want to get to the rack is hearing my Newfoundland friends talk about their favorite wrestler, you know what I right. mean? Right, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Oh, I fucking loves the rack, baby. Right. Oh, look at that Dwayne the Rock Johnson by, oh, <laughs> fuck. I see where you're going. He could give me to people's elbow. Right. Yeah. But speaking of getting close to the rack, the rack actually got John Sage in a lot of trouble. Really? Uh-huh. How? Three-way calling? Not exactly. Oh. John Sage met a woman named Elizabeth Carton. Mm. And one night... John and Elizabeth were having sex on the rack. Oh, no, you didn't. (laughs) Girl, was he tied up? He was not tied up, but he was a little freaky deaky because he thought it would be a great idea to choke Elizabeth just a little bit for sexual kicks. Mm, Go to bed, David Carradine. Mm -hmm. Get out of here. That's the tea. Don't you be using that magic in my house. Yeah, it was not magic because this motherfucker killed her. Wow, what an absolute piece of shit. For sure. And Elizabeth's father, when he found out what happened, kind of had the same idea. Fair enough. But here's the tea. Elizabeth's father was a member of a highly skilled and powerful gang of outlaws. Yeah. Who decided to go up to little Miss King Edward and being like, if you don't hang this motherfucker, we are going to go get our good old Judy's the Scots, and we're going to come up here and trash this place to the ground. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, do it. Yes. Now, this was just after a war, so the king was like, shit, like, I don't even have any money to bribe these people with Mm -hmm. and you know they have a lot of power and with the scots they have more power than we have they will literally destroy this place so i guess i just gotta do what they want me to do so king edward did exactly that he called for john sage to be hanged and he was in the courtyard. He was like, sorry, Johnny boy, no cack on the rack for you. Mm-hmm. Go to bed, wig, forever. Yeah. Now, here's also the tea. Hanging, historically, breaks your neck. But if you don't do it correctly, that's not what's going to happen. And you are slowly going to suffocate. The wait is over. So far, you're not losing. The only thing you're losing is my patience. Quickly, I see that. Ping! The queen of the courtroom is back. I didn't do anything. You wouldn't know the truth if it came up and slapped you in the face. I see he's not intimidated by anything. I can fix that. New cases. She wanted to fight me. Leave her alone. Okay, so, um... Not, this is not a so. This is a period. Classic Judy. Did you sleep with her? Yes, Your Honor. You married his cousin. His brother. That's not him. Yes, ma'am. I would make a beeline for the door. The Emmy Award-winning series returns. How did I know that? I have crystal ball in my head. It's an all-new season. It's streaming. You can say anything. (laughs) Judy Justice. Only on Freebie. If you're listening to this podcast, then chances are good you are a fan of The Strange, Dark, and Mysterious. And if that's true, then you're in luck. Because, once again, Mr. Ballin' Podcast, Strange, Dark, and Mysterious Stories is available everywhere you get your podcasts. 
Each week on the Mr. Ballin Podcast, you'll hear new stories about inexplicable encounters, shocking disappearances, true crime cases, and everything in between. Like our recent episode titled White Dust. After a middle-aged couple fail to answer their daughter's messages and calls, the daughter drives the few hours to her parents' house to check on them, but after arriving and seeing both her parents' cars in the driveway, the daughter gets an uneasy feeling and just can't stomach going inside. To hear the rest of that story and hear hundreds more stories like it, follow Mr. Ballin Podcast on Amazon Music or wherever you get your podcasts. Prime members can listen early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Yeah. Which is basically what happened to John Sage. Ooh. And hundreds and hundreds of people came for his execution. And because he, at this point, was this infamous man who murdered so many people with his torture devices, everybody wanted a little piece of that pie. So while John Sage was hanging there, slowly suffocating to death, people started coming up to him and taking souvenirs by cutting off his toes, cutting off his fingers, cutting off his nose, and cutting off his testicles. Holy shit shit i mean that last one's deserved absolutely you know what yeah Yeah. very much and that was basically the end of john sage bye or so we think now it's been reported over the years that there is a male violent spirit that can be felt in the torture chambers and it is believed that this is the spirit of john sage oh yeah no one's ever seen him but he definitely has a felt presence there so people think that this bitch never went anywhere girl he was pure jennifer holiday just telling you he's not going exactly so john sage the first ghost of chillingham castle and not a very happy one no Mm ma'am now there are a lot of rooms in chillingham castle and each one kind of has its own association with the supernatural there is the great hall which basically it's a rumor that whispers of inaudible voices of two men can often be heard if you're in there alone what are they talking about nobody knows because you can't hear them and when you try to hear them once you focus in on them it's said that they just disappear they're just reading your outfit Mm-hmm. You know when two people stop whispering, when you come by, it's because they're talking about exactly. you. Like, pick up on social cues, ghost hunters. Right? I know you spend most of your time in the dark, but, like, hey. Exactly. Now, off the Great Hall is the Minstrel Gallery, and the Minstrel Gallery overlooks the Tea Room. Now, the Tea Room is basically a cafe that was put in place for tourism. Mm -hmm. But people have reported being pushed down the stairs from the minstrel galleries, and they also report having real feelings of nausea and extreme headaches that make them almost compelled to jump over the ledge onto the concrete floor of the tea room. Holy shit. It has nothing to do with the food they serve at the tea room. Nothing to do with the food they serve at the tea room, but the tea of the tea room is that it used to be where there were some dungeons. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Huggin' Rooms. Exactly. So there is also another lore about the tea room that when the castle was being excavated, a giant toad-like creature came through the wall, turned into a human, and then disappeared. This spirit, perhaps not unlike the elemental spirit, it from Lep Castle, is mm-hmm. said to haunt the castle. 
Oh, damn. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's a cryptid ghost. Yes. That's fierce. Now we'll move into the chapel. The chapel is basically where the English soldiers would go and pray to God before going off and just murdering a bunch of Scottish people. Totally. They're like, thank you, God, for all this bod. Hope for a good slaughter today. Exactly. Now, the chapel was also recently excavated and relics and human bones were found under the floorboards, which is not actually that uncommon for a chapel. Yeah, not surprised there, Mary. Uh-huh. I think there are a lot of old chapels even here in Canada where there are literally bodies buried all up in those floorboards. I'm very sure there are. Yeah. It would not surprise me. Yeah. So not that strange, but it is reported that cameras and technology often fail to work in the room and that drops of temperature have been felt and recorded. They're like, oh my God, my Acer laptop keeps fucking up. Right? It's yeah. like, oh, I wonder why. Maybe because it's an Acer and no. you have to carry a cooling pad around with it everywhere you go. Oh, speaking from personal experience, I yes, see. Yes, I had many a Acers, many a Acers, because none of them lasted longer than a year. T. Uh-huh. Yeah. They're like, oh my God, this camera says Kodiak. Yeah. It's brand name. Right. Little do they know, it's Kodiak. Girl. <laughs> now, there is a stained glass window in the chapel, and two skeletons were found here. They weren't necessarily buried, though, in the traditional sense. It kind of looked as if they were perhaps hiding and got trapped. Oh. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the skeletons is said to be that of a young girl, and it is said that if you sit in that corner of the chapel, you may feel her fingers playing with your hair. Oh, that's nice. That's comforting. It is. I remember being a little boy in primary school, Mm -hmm. and all I wanted to do was play with the little girl's long hair because it just looked so fun. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like all I had at home was a towel and I could brush my sister's hair every now and then, but I just wanted some locks of my own. Okay, yeah, no, it's much more endearing to think of you with a towel on your head pretending you have long hair. I used to do that too. Yeah. But I think you kind of entered it in a little bit of a... Crispin Glover and Charlie's Angels kind of way, you know what I mean? Oh. <laughs> like, it really sounded like you liked hair there for a second. Oh, no, 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 no. I just wanted long hair. <laughs> You're like, I used to steal girls' hairbrushes and take no. the hair and then make a doll no. and I'd name it after them. <laughs> no, I just admired it and wished it was my own. When I had my coloring books of Disney princesses, all I wanted to do was color in the hair. I'd color in the hair on every page first and then fill in the rest. Totally. I used to try to dye my Barbie's hair with markers. Oh, did it work? Barely. Oh. Yeah. Bingo dabbers. Oh, that's the tea. I just use those on myself. (laughs) Now, we're moving on up into the pink room. Now, the pink room is a place of maybe the most well-known ghost at Chillingham Castle, and apparently the friendliest ghost. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we got a little baby Casper on our hands. Oh, I love that. Uh Well, I mean, you know, the pink room does sound happier than all the other horrible places we've already been in this castle. Exactly. And the pink room is haunted by the blue boy. Aww. Yeah. It's really cute. It's a cute aesthetic. Yeah, I love that. Ooh. Now, oftentimes, the blue boy is seen in the pink room. And the pink room is actually where I believe the caretaker of the castle resides now. So it's actually off limits. So if by chance you ever do go to Chillingham Castle, hate to disappoint you, but you ain't getting in the pink room. And if you end up in the pink room, you are doing something wrong. Yes. And you need to get the fuck out of there. Exactly. Now, there was a lot of work being done on this castle over centuries and centuries. And in 1920, 20, 
a skeleton was found in the walls of the pink room. Ooh. And this skeleton belonged to a young boy. The blue boy. The blue boy. Mm -hmm. He basically got the name because there were signs of his clothing, which was blue. Okay. But when they observed the skeleton further, they noticed that the hands of the skeleton, the bones, the finger bones were all broken. So it can basically only be deduced that at some point, at some time over the 800 years that this castle existed, this boy had done something that caused him to be literally locked into the wall alive. Oh, fuck. So the broken fingers mm. were from him attempting to scratch his oh, way out. No. Mm -hmm. Oh, this fucking poor kid. Yes. So this boy is often seen. He's also called the blue boy because there is usually a blue halo surrounding him. And he's sad. He's and blue. he's sad. His spirit is usually seen coming out of the wall from where the skeleton had been found. And all throughout the castle, you can often hear the boys' screams and cries emanating from the pink room. What the fuck? I wish I could sign up for Big Brothers Big Sisters with this kid. Right? Oh my god, blue boy. Yeah. Can you sign up for Big Brothers Big Sisters with a ghost? I don't think so. If it's a child ghost, though, yeah. I mean, like, I it's mean, that age forever. I don't think there's an organization. I think you can just kind of take it upon yourself to do that. Oh, like ghost stewardship. Yeah, exactly. I like that. Yeah. But maybe some positive news in regards to this after his body was discovered sightings of the blue boy have been diminishing over time yeah. so people do think that maybe at some point he's just going to disappear and his soul will be at peace fair enough so he's like i'm going to the mall you guys exactly. i finally discovered that exactly he's like have you heard of this store called ham <laughs> <laughs> H&M? He doesn't know what an ampersand is. Right, yeah, that's true. <laughs> He's like, this ham, yeah. the clothes, my God. <laughs> now, speaking of clothes, we're moving on to our next resident ghost, Lady Mary Berkeley. Oh, very fancy. Mm -hmm. Now, she is the other famous ghost, and she died around 1719. She was the wife of Lord Grey of Wark and Chillingham, and she was abandoned by her faithless husband because he ran off with her sister Henrietta. Oh man, trash. Exactly. Tale as old as time, song as old as rhyme. Every man is trash. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Now, basically, it said that Mary did not take this abandonment very well. She was basically trapped in this castle with her daughter, and she basically spent her time just waiting for her husband to return. Oh. Spoiler alert. He didn't. Spoiler alert. He's a dick. Yeah. Mm. But basically, because of this unrest that she had in her life, she's also restless in death. Which, like, fucking sucks, because why are you still hung up over this stupid man in death? Like, right. he's, the dick is not that good, Mary. Right. That's the tea, Mary. But it's rumored that Mary can be heard walking the hallways. So she's not often seen, but she's often heard and she's often felt. Basically, people can hear her passing through the hallway because they hear her dress kind of rustling on the floor and they know that she's passed because there is a sudden drop in temperature. Uh, fair enough. Love a yes. dress with a train though. Now, the few people who have seen Mary Berkeley reported seeing her coming out 
of her painting mm. in the castle. Oh. And this is actually true for a lot of the spirits. When they are seen, they are often seen stepping out of a portrait. So this could basically be just because it's the one tie to the life that they knew. Oh my god, suck it Disney. Your haunted mansion is not that original. No, it's all up here in Chillingham. Yeah. Now, there is one more notable ghost. And this is probably my favorite one. Into it. She's called the Thirsty Lady. Oh, I can relate. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. Story of my life. Yeah, that was my first AOL Instant Messenger name. Right. Duh. The Thirsty Lady 69. <laughs> yeah, with, like, a few squiggles and, like, X's around it. Like, yeah. uppercase and lowercase X's. Yes. Yeah. Did I ever tell you about my AOL Instant Messenger name? No. It was, like, X. And, like, I thought I'd made this name up on my own. I thought okay. I was so clever. Mm-hmm. Never Googled it. It was, like, X, quiet, riot, X. <laughs> mm-hmm. With a zero instead of an O. I thought I had just invented this brilliant hardcore rhyme. Right. You sure did not. No, and I had no idea why people would say, come on, feel the noise to me when they would first message right. me. Yeah. I <laughs> well, learned quickly. Yeah, of course. I mean, my first email wasn't much better. It was XXX underscore jaded underscore XXX. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that could be interpreted in so many ways. It really could. But let's get into the thirsty lady. She's basically a ghost that is dressed in all white. And the most notable encounter happened with a footman who was in the white pantry, basically guarding the silver. What year this was, what century this was, I'm not entirely sure. Wow. But whatever century it was, it was a century where you literally needed someone to stand in your pantry full-time to guard your silver. Way to blow up his spot, though. We knew he was in defeat. Right. I'm more of a butt man. Fair enough. Now, basically, one day the footman was just chilling with the silver when all of a sudden a woman walked up to him and just kind of, like, grabbed him and frantically asked for a glass of water. Okay. And he was kind of exactly that, like, okay. So he turned around to get a glass of water. While he was doing this, he was like, wait a minute, I am locked in here. Nobody can get in here. How did she get in here? Who is this thirsty lady? Who is this thirsty lady? So he turned around and Mama, the thirsty lady, was gone. Whoa. Yeah. Now, the tea is this thirsty lady is said to have been maybe a prisoner that had been poisoned, which is why her spirit is roaming the castle begging for water. Trying to flush the poison out of her system. Trying to flush the poison out of her system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But with the thirsty lady, with Lady Mary Berkeley, and with the blue boy, and with John Sage, that basically sums up the notable spirits at Chillingham Castle. It is rumored that the spirits of all of the prisoners, or many of the prisoners who died there, are also inhabiting the castle, which explains why you can hear strange sounds, strange voices, temperature drops, all of these things, but most of them go unnamed and unnoted. Now, one more significant fact in regards to the area surrounding the castle. There is the garden where a lot of people 
were hanged on trees, and to this day, they are still finding human remains in the grounds. Now, furthermore, the lake, which is apparently a really beautiful lake inhabited by otters, those kinds of things, it was basically the dumping ground for all of the prisoners that they killed. So it's rumored that there's just the remains of thousands and thousands of people lying at the bottom of this lake. I bet those sick fucking otters loved it. Probably. Remember episode eight, if we're going to go back? Oh. Remember the killer otter? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Remember team otter, team koi? Yeah. Don't fuck Remember with... Madonna the koi fish? I do. R.I.P. Because that fucking otter ate her. And all of her brothers and sisters. Yeah. It was a massacre. It was disgusting. But back to this lake, because there are so many remains in the lake, it is definitely considered cursed. So people basically don't fuck with it. They're like, don't go swimming in that water. If you do, there's a high chance that you may get pulled down by the restless spirits and drown. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, one notable fact about the castle of Chillingham, if it couldn't be any creepier, it is basically just embellished with bat symbolism. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, cute. Yeah. And it is kind of cute, but it is also kind of foreboding. But if you're into that, you can definitely go to Chillingham Castle. Mm -hmm. They will rent you out a room. You can go to the tea room. You can spill some tea, have some cookies, get nauseous, maybe be tempted to throw yourself off the balcony. You can rent a room and stay there? Yeah. Girl. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. Ooh. Oh, yes, honey. So they give ghost tours there every single day. Oh, my God. You know, so if you ever happen to find yourself in the northern part of England near the Scottish border, why not go check out Chillingham Castle and get spooked the fuck out? Yeah, racks out, cacks out. Yeah. Welcome to the castle. <laughs> oh, I'm into it. Yeah, and that is, that's Chillingham Castle, a brutal fucking place even with or without spirits. Damn, not so chill, Chillingham Castle. No, it's chilling, but not chill. Ooh, good one. All right, well, I don't think I can top that. All right, so the episode's done. JK, Miss Thing, I've got a good one this week. All right. So today, I'm going to be talking about the island of the motherfucking dolls. Oh, mama, she's taking us there. Mm -hmm. Pack your bags, we're going on a trip. So I take it you know her? Oh, yes, I know her. She is no J-Lo to my Mariah. I know her very well. Yeah, she's kind of a big deal. Yeah. So if you're not acquainted, it's also known as the Isla de las Munecas. I hope I'm saying that right. Basically, literally translates to Island of the Dolls. Right. Now, in theory, it's not an island. It's actually a floating garden. It was made centuries ago by the Aztecs, but it, basically when you walk on this, like, it feels like you're on an island. It's floating in the middle of a canal. Oh. You can only access it by boat, but it's not like you get on there and your feet is, like, going straight into water. Like, right. it actually feels like you're on solid ground. Now, to be a little bit more specific, the Island of the Dolls is located in the Xochimilco Lakes. Basically, it's within the canal system's kind of branch out from that but essentially it's 28 kilometers south of Mexico City right. in the Xochimilco district of Mexico now like I was saying the island itself is only accessible by boats or trajineras I think that's what they specifically drive out on these canals they're kind of like kayaks okay yeah so you actually have to get somebody to take you on a one hour journey out there and from what I understand a lot of the people that drive these trajineros mm -hmm. will not go near the island of 
the dolls. Oh, mm-hmm. so she's by appointment only. Basically. Now, question is, it's an island of dolls. It's yeah. the island of the dolls. Why wouldn't the Trihanera riders want to go there? Yeah, I couldn't imagine. Mm-hmm. It sounds so cute. Like, I imagine kind of like a Valley of the Dolls situation. Just right. a whole bunch of beautiful women yeah. in, like, these long, flowing house robes. Right. Yeah. Lots of pills. Yeah, exactly. But in reality, it's a barely populated small little island nestled deep within these canals, and it may or may not be covered head to toe in dolls and doll parts. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you heard me right. Mm-hmm. Dolls, people. You want dolls on trees? We've got them. You want dolls on sheds? They've got them, too. You want dolls with spiders coming out of their mouths? Oh, the Island of the Dolls has got you covered, baby. <laughs> and according to the story, all of these dolls were put up by the island's former caretaker, Juan Julio Santana Barrera. All right. So what's up with him? Does yeah. he worship the dolls? <laughs> Does, the he wor- gun? Does he worship the dolls? Yeah, well, yeah. he kind of does. Sounds like it. Yeah, so let's get into this origin story, baby. The island's original caretaker, Don Julian Santana Barrera, grew up in Xochimilco and was married with children in around 1950 when he first decided to move to this island. Uh-huh. So Don Julian had basically had like a pretty solid family life until he started to get a little bit of heat in town for preaching his religious beliefs a little bit too much. Okay. Yeah. And then basically it just hit this breaking point where he was just like, okay, cool. Well, I'm going to fuck off on all my responsibility and leave my family like a piece of shit. Uh-huh. And then I'm going to sequester myself to this island all alone and just become its caretaker. Perfect. For so no he, reason. Yeah, no, just him and his religious scripture alone on this island, kind of a castaway situation. Right. But self-imposed. Thing is, nobody really exactly knows why he went away to this island. Right. This random island seems like so non-specific, but because it's so random, it also feels so specific at the same time. Yeah, and I mean, all tea, the thing is, I don't really think there was much rhyme or reason to this. According to his family, there was a lot of undiagnosed mental illness afoot. Right. And he was just kind of like, I don't care where I go. I just need some fucking isolation. Right. So he basically just fucks off to this island, and within weeks of living there and just kind of being like the steward of this island, he discovers the body of a young woman washed up in the water, basically tangled up in the lilies of the canal near the island. Whoa. Yeah. Now, maybe young woman is a bit of a stretch from what I understand. She was kind of a child. Okay. She's a child. <laughs> oh my god, the Gia Gun references tonight. That's Jujubee. Thank you very much. Oh, my mistake. Mm-hmm. You should know that I use that quote so much in our everyday lives. It's true. Like, I can't even count the amount of times in the last two weeks where in conversation with Tyler I have said, she's a child and it applies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It always applies. It truly does. Thank you, Drag Race. So the thing is, Don Julian finds this body in the water. He tries to resuscitate this little girl, but unfortunately there was no helping the situation. Right. So to add to the murkiness of this story, the little girl is buried somewhere. Right. On the island? Yeah. Uh, who knows? Right. They don't fucking say, because of course it's a freaky story. So why do we have to know the facts? Sure. But we'll talk about that later. Thing is, within about a week after the girl's body was buried, Don was out by the same place where he had found the little girl and found a doll floating in the exact same place in the water that the little dead girl had been found. No, man. Well, here's the thing. Don Sodden was like, yes, ma'am. He picks the doll out of the water, assuming that it belonged to the girl who had drowned, Mm -hmm. and then pins it up on a tree nearby. Now, here's the thing. There is a lot of questions 
about why he did this. Some people say that it was as a monument to the girl, basically mm-hmm. kind of acting as like a little bit of a headstone. And other people said it was because he wanted to appease the spirit of the little girl. The other theory is that he wanted to protect the little girl's spirit from demons that could be nearby. Right. Because this part of the Xochimilco Canal is known to be a little spooky ooky. Okay. Yeah, there's a little bit of lore that a certain lady by the name of La Llorona creeps Ooh. around in the waters. Oh, bitch. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. I did not know it either. But regardless of the reasoning, what we do know for a fact is that Don Julian sure as hell pinned that doll to the tree. And then after he did that, some weird shit started to happen on the island. But I mean, if you, I'll tell you, if you have a doll, literally the creepiest thing that you could then do with said doll is pin it to a fucking tree. Yeah, you're like, oh my god, a creepy doll that I found in the water. You know what would really amp the situation up? Making it a makeshift headstone. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, why don't you put it on a shelf? Even a rock will do. I know. Paint a fucking memorial rock. Like, there are better ways to go about this. Uh-huh. Regardless, he didn't do that. He pinned that fucking doll up. And, of course, his ass started to get haunted real shortly after that. Right. So, after pinning the doll up, Don started to hear disembodied footsteps around the island. He would also start to hear whispers around the island when there was nobody there, along with disembodied cries of total utter sadness. Uh. Mm-hmm. Now the thing is, Dawn was the only one on this island. Right. There was no civilization really that close by. So by rights, there should not have been anybody just screaming on the wind at all hours of the night sure. within earshot of Dawn. Yeah. But he sure as shit heard it. And so Dawn is just kind of like, well, I guess this is the new normal until it starts to grate on his nerves a little bit and then from what I understand Don was just like hey well you know what baby when in doubt creep him out let's fight fire with fire and scare the shit out of this little girl ghost right so Don hatched a plan he was basically like look I'm gonna keep my eyes out for dolls from here on in you like your dolls so much you got such a problem me pinning your doll up and now you're gonna start haunting my ass well how are you gonna like it when I start covering this fucking island in dolls baby Oh, he's a vindictive queen. He is a very salty, vindictive queen. So he basically just starts to put up other dolls. He finds them in the trash. He finds them wherever he can. He basically just takes a cheap to free doll whenever he has the opportunity, takes it back to the island with him, and then pegs it up on a tree, maybe on a shed somewhere, just, you know, creating some ambiance. And then (laughs) to make it even better, he's just like, well, fuck the system. I don't even need a whole doll. So, and he would find a baby baby doll arm that baby doll arm went up on the wall right when he found a baby doll head that baby doll head went up on a shrub somewhere right just doll parts like weird flex but okay exactly so basically don julian took matters into his own hands and ultimately it's kind of punk as fuck i mean kind of respect on that end He's a spooky bitch. So here's the thing, though. He didn't just tack up a few dolls and call it macaroni. This motherfucker went on for 50 years. He lived out the rest of his days collecting dolls and pinning them up on the island. Oh, man. Yeah, so this turned from protection to a collection. Like, we'll call it what it is. Uh The thing is, there are some other versions of this story. So other people say that Don Julian did not put up the dolls to scare away the ghost, but he 
did it to appease the agitated spirit of the little girl. Uh-huh. Nobody really knows for sure. Now, just to make things a little bit creepier, the people around Don Julian actually said that they almost didn't feel like he was putting up the dolls on his own volition, you know what I mean? Right. It almost felt as if his hand was guided by something supernatural. Mm-hmm. Also, probably people didn't want to face the music that this guy that they once knew was now living alone on an island, talking to ghosts, and putting dolls up everywhere. But, you know, whatever. Right. It's I a mean, spooky story. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Whatever you need to tell yourself. Well, that's the thing. And regardless of whether or not he was being guided by the hands of hell to do this, he hung up those dolls for 50 years, and that is a completely verifiable fact. And let's just say, you can't cover every square inch of an island in dolls without people noticing. Sure, even if that island's in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> exactly. So people took note of this, and Don started to get a little bit of a reputation. It also wasn't helped by the fact that he was known to go into Barrio de la Ascension, which was a nearby neighborhood, mm-hmm. and preach the Bible to just about anybody who would listen to him. To the point that he preached so aggressively, he got barred from the neighborhood of Barrio de la Ascension. Like, girl, like... Do you, but just keep it to yourself. Look, if you want to be a hermit on an island, cool. I don't love the idea of you packing up and leaving on everyone, but whatever. You can be a dick if you want to be a dick. You can also be the guy who lives alone with his island of dolls if you want. Sure, be an eccentric. Mm -hmm. But do you have to also become a fucking street preacher? Right, like you're just clicking all of those boxes. You're not really doing yourself any favors here. I think the only thing left is to have hair like Phyllis Tiller, and then you're officially the weirdest guy in town, Don. I mean, can we confirm for sure that he didn't have hair like Phyllis Tiller? I saw some photos. He didn't really have okay. Phyllis Tiller hair. Yeah. That's too bad. Unfortunately, there goes my fantasy, I know, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. So, from what I understand, people in the area were just kind of like, well, that's Doll Island, and that's the Doll Man. Take it in. Doesn't every community have one? Right. You know, small town shit. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. you're like, every community must have a Doll Man, whatever. Right. Every community has that one random person that likes to nail a bunch of random things onto a bunch of other random things. I mean, kind of. If you drive through enough small towns, like, I've seen some houses caked in folk art before, Oh, that's true. In Nova Scotia, that's very true. Mm -hmm. So there's a little town in Nova Scotia called Mushaboom. You might know it from the Feist song. Mm -hmm. It's a real place, and as you're driving into Mushaboom... There is a house that is covered head-to-toe Doll Island style in folk art. Yeah. Driftwood folk art. Mm -hmm. Stuff that says, like, bless this mass and, you know, Jesus saves and all that beautiful stuff. I think there was literally a giant Jesus crucifix. Mm -hmm, There was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is very Doll Island. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Your grandparents might just be two steps away from being the weird doll people in your town. Yeah. You You know what I mean? Yeah, you really don't know. dolls for folk art and I mean hey girl you're kind of there regardless the thing is this is a great old creepy scary life for Don Julian to live but at some point we all got to slip off this mortal coil. Yeah. And for Don Julian, it came in 2001. So just to add to the creep factor of the island, it all happened one day when Don Julian had his nephew Anastasio Velasco over at the island. So he was like, hey, 
Anastasio, can you help me plant some pumpkins? And Anastasio is totally game. He's like, take me down to the patch. I'm going to plant the shit out of these pumpkins. <laughs> right. Anastasio goes and does this really nice thing for his crazy doll collecting uncle. Uh-huh. Comes back to the kind of shed, you know, bachelor pad that Don Julian has. Don Julian's not there. Uh-oh. So, Anastasio starts looking around. Don Julian's nowhere to be found. He goes down to the water, where Don Julian first found the body of the little girl and the doll, and guess who is laying face down in the water, in the lilies, exactly where the girl was found? Barbara, please. Oh, you might want to hold on to that Barbara, please, because... Here's the thing. We're on Creepy Doll Island. The caretaker of Creepy Doll Island is found dead in the same spot where the little girl that started this whole haunted mess was found. Right. One would think, hmm, maybe all the big ghost energy that inhabits this island finally did want Don Julian in. He didn't bring the right doll. She wanted Ballerina Barbie, and he brought Malibu Barbie. Oh, that's never good. Well, here's the thing. Anastasio's just like, hmm... I totally know what did it, guys. Mermaids. Of course. Of, of course. Didn't we just go over this? Yes. And you know what? I'm just going to leave that one there. I'm going to let that one simmer. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So regardless of what we think, Anastasio is straight up just like, guys, I know. Let's not call it by any other name. Obviously, it's the work of mermaids. <laughs> of course. Mm-hmm. We'll just let that fish fry. <laughs> now, my question is... How did he get off the island? Well, funny that you ask that because he never really did. The nephew? Anastasio is now the caretaker (gasps) of the island of the dolls. Are you kidding me? Now, here's the thing. I mean, there are boat people that kind of go back and forth. Maybe Anastasio had his own boat. Like, he definitely goes back out into the community. Don Julian even went back out into the community every now and then. Like, he would preach on the streets. Right. And usually it was after he would go out and sell his vegetables at, like, the local markets. Mm -hmm. So he was still connected with the outside world in some ways. The thing is, though, once Anastasio took over the island, once Don Julian had passed away, it really kind of became a hotbed for tourist activity. And many of them would learn about the lore of the island and then bring out dolls as further tributes. Mm -hmm. Or they would come out there wanting to take vegetation from the island Uh and they would barter with the island and give back a doll. Oh. Mm-hmm. So these doll parts are currency now. Well, kind of, because supposedly the dolls are kind of running the show on the island. Right. And this is the part that I haven't really gotten into, because it's not really until after Don Julian's death that people started to become very interested in the paranormal components of this story. Right. Because like I said, Don Julian heard voices. He heard footsteps. He heard all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. But he mostly kept it to himself. Right. Like if you ask people in the area whether or not they think that the island is haunted. From what I understand, and, like, this exact quote pops up in, like, four different sources, supposedly the people in the area just say, oh, we don't think it's haunted, we think it's charmed. Yeah, so it's just, you know, a little spooky-ooky. The thing is, regardless of how much lipstick you want to put on this pig, at the end of the day, people think that this island and the dolls on this island are haunted by the ghost of this little girl. Yeah. Don Julian said that he could hear footsteps, whispers, cries, all this kind of stuff, and don't you know it, now that he's dead, people are still hearing those sounds, including Anastasio. On top of that, though, they're also now starting to hear the click of a cane. 
seen going around the island. And that's significant because... Don Julian walked with a cane. Uh, so wouldn't you know it, now people don't just believe that the island is haunted by the ghost of this little girl. Right. They believe that it's also protected and haunted by the ghost of Don Julian. Because, like, if it's not creepy enough, let's just make it weird, too. Like, there's right. an old man that's not even related to this little girl stuck with her on an island forever. Right. Like, worst play date ever. Yeah, and I bet the little kid is like, I'm so glad that I'm tied to this place with all these horrible, decaying, creepy dolls and this weird old guy who thinks I like them. Right. She was like, I died on this island so I could be all by myself in my little ghost life, and then you had to come up here, manspread all over it, put all these creepy dolls that I did not ask for mm -hmm. on the trees, and totally ruin the vibe. Totally. It's like, yeah, no, thanks for taking away my little piece of haunted paradise. The thing is, in the eyes of the tourists, mm -hmm. the more ghosts, the better, baby. Right, more booze for your buck. Exactly. So, speaking of bang for your buck, let's talk about all the amenities and resources that you can take advantage of during your visit. Okay. Not only do you have beautiful island scenery, you also, like I said, have thousands of horrible rotted doll parts haphazardly nailed to everything. I love it. And there are way more than there were when Don Julian was living on the property. Now we are in the thousands. I'm talking every tree has dozens of dolls nailed to them. Every inch of the kind of makeshift shed that he lived in and all of the rooms that adjoin onto that, that's all covered in dolls. You can't go anywhere in this island without running into some fucking dolls. Right, because while he was alive, he was the only one bringing these dolls onto the island, but now everybody is bringing dolls onto the island. Exactly. So soak that in. You can also go to a small museum that has info about the island and about Don Julian on it. From what I understand, there's also a store and there's also a shrine inside of a room that's just dedicated to the first doll that was put up on the island by Don Julian as well as Don Julian's favorite doll, who actually kind of looks like Velma from Scooby-Doo with a bit of a finger wave. Really? Yeah, it's kind of a fun look. Oh. Yeah, I'll, we'll put a picture on Instagram. Yeah, it's real cute. Her. But yeah, according to paranormal researchers, all this kind of stuff, this shrine room with these two dolls holding court in it yep. is the most haunted place on the entire island. Right, because those are the dolls with all the energy of the dead fused in them. Exactly. And what do you do with these two highfalutin, big devil energy sister dolls? Uh -huh. You bring them offerings. Yes. So people that visit the island will bring them different dolls that might make them happy. They will also go up to the dolls. They'll change their clothes. They'll brush their hair. These are the dolls that you let know that you're putting more dolls on the island for taking the vegetation. So they right. kind of run the whole barter system. And yeah, just you generally go in there and worship the dolls. Oh, right. Yeah, literally just like Don Julian, you go and you worship the dolls. Yeah. And you can also worship the thousands of breeds of spiders that live with on that island because there's not a single fucking video of this island that I saw that did not have giant black spiders on it. Regardless, the island has gotten Boku Press. It's not only big locally anymore, the whole world knows about it, baby. Huffington Post wrote an article about it. Travel mm -hmm. Channel has featured it. ABC News did a big feature on it, along with a whole bunch of other paranormal investigators, including guess who? Oh, baggy boys. <sighs> that was actually the first time I ever came in contact with Doll Island. I got sent that episode of Ghost Bros 
clothes with Bilbo Baggins years ago. Uh-huh. And that's kind of where my love for him started. Oh, yes. Such a strong, unshakable love. I know, right? Burns with the white-hot intensity of a thousand burning suns. <laughs> yes. The thing is, according to all of the paranormal investigators that have visited the island since 2001, they're all just like, bam, baby, these ghosts are there. It is a little girl. It is Don Julian. And they are not just on the air. They are in the dolls. Mm-hmm. According to people that go to the island, you can see dolls' heads moving on their own volition. You can also hear them whispering in between each other, right. which is like, okay, you can be a free freaky doll all you want but don't be your freaky doll with secrets that's just rude whispering right whispering in any context living or dead is so rude yeah i know right it's like as if you don't already have enough anxiety being on this freaky ass island covered in doll parts that are rotting filled with spiders on top of that every time you're walking by dolls they're whispering and they stop you know what i mean like what a way to get in your head right it's like when you're walking through the cafeteria and you pass a table and everybody just stops and looks at you yeah yeah, totally. Right? It's like, I didn't come all this way to be judged. Yeah, no, I didn't come all this way to be triggered and be back in fucking high school. Thank you, dolls. Mm-hmm. But you know what? They don't care. No, they don't care. And also, let's not forget about La Llorona maybe chilling up in that place and mermaids. Totally. Like, there are murder maids in the water out there coming for your ass. <laughs> yeah. Like, you got bigger fish to fry than some haunted dolls giving you side high. Uh-huh. I'm just saying. All this is well and good. All of this is freaky. But like I said before, there are some parts of this story that are a little bit murky. And I don't feel comfortable going through all this fun shit without at least mentioning this. So, there are people that dispute the legitimacy of this whole origin story. Okay. Not a by the fact that there are no concrete records of a body being found on the island by Don Julian. We don't know where this body was buried. We don't know who this body even was. All that we have are a bunch of people taking Don Julian's word for it, essentially. Right. And all T, a lot of people have wondered whether or not this is just something that maybe Don Julian invented in his isolation on this island. Right. And maybe it was just a little bit of a nice justification for his bad taste in decorations. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was his look at me, don't look at me dance. Well, and that's kind of the thing. So, like, whether or not it was the devil making him do it, whether or not it was the ghost of this little girl making him do it, whether or not this little girl even existed this island got decked the fuck out in dolls the creep factor is real maybe don julian just liked the aesthetic but honestly we will never know right but what i do know is that that is the story of the island of the dolls that's all the information i have So, I guess that brings us to the point in the show where I nervously ask you a very important question. Tyler, what did you learn this week? I think this week it's just the lesson of you like what you like. If you like getting a bunch of random dolls and pinning them to trees... Just be straight up about it. Like, you don't need to come up with some ghost girl origin story if that's your tea. Totally. Yeah, so just live your truth. Live loud, live proud. If you like creepy dolls, 
You like creepy dolls, and I ain't gonna judge you for that. Love it. Well, this week I learned that not all oubliettes are built equally. <laughs> right. And I feel like that's a good metaphor for life. Right. You know what? Sometimes you'll fall down. Sometimes there will be spikes. Sometimes the drop will be 20 feet. Sometimes there will just be pillows on the bottom. And sometimes you might have to eat your own arm. But you know what? Us humans are adaptable. Right. Life is but an oubliette. Yeah. What a beautiful sentiment. All right. So thank you so much for joining us, everyone, this week. If you are enjoying the show and you are looking for a way to support it, you can hop on over and join the secret society that doesn't suck. Yes. So you can go to patreon.com slash that's spooky. No matter what tier you sign up at, you get access to our mini episodes called Called spooky snacks mm-hmm. that's a good time you can also get access to a ton of other perks that are on there along with the community that's spread it up around it we got some cool spooky bitches on there you will love it you will love it and if you want the perks that we are currently offering get on it honey because we are going to be changing those things up pretty soon yeah it is imminent also if you're looking for a completely free way to support the show and you're listening to us on a podcast app which we know you are you can leave us a rating and review on there and it really helps get the word out about the show in fact if you write us a review we might even read it on air just like this one hi my name is johnny i'm a contralto and today i will be reading a piece from apple podcasts reviews entitled girl you in danger of becoming addicted to this podcast i will be performing in the style of lauren bacall they rated us five stars absolutely adore this podcast it is as if my favorite murder and sinisterhood had a gay love child they abandoned in canada great balance between humor and well-researched stories as a true crime podcast fan i am always stunned that these two find so many stories i have never heard to these spooky bitches of the north this california girl loves you keep up the awesome work (laughs) wow from al plemons of the united states of america wow thanks al and thanks lauren bacall you're welcome my favorite time of day is night (laughs) i love it Mm -hmm. so if you write us a real cute review and you say something spooky and maybe a little bit bitchy Uh uh-huh but i mean like bitchy in the fun empowering way not like mean because i don't want that shit from you right you can leave us a rating and review wherever you listen we will read it out loud yes we will and also a little point we've noticed that if any review has bitch in it Apple Podcast is going to take that down, so censure yourselves. Yeah, we did not know that. And it's funny because if you only put one asterisk in it, it will also automatically delete your comment. Right. You need to censor it even more. So sorry about that one. Yeah. I mean, maybe you could spell bitch B-I-C-T-H. Maybe. But we are going to be doing this from now on at the end of episodes. We're going to be reading these reviews because, hey, we get them and there's legitimately no way for us to respond to them on Apple Podcasts. So we're doing it this way. We're doing a send up. And if you submit a review, let us know it's you because we only see the Apple ID names on these people. We can't click through and figure out who you are. Mm -hmm. So unless your name kind of reflects your like Instagram handle or something like that, we might not know. Yeah. But, you know, if you want to Zodiac killer it and keep your identity 
secret. That's fine, too. Totally cool. Just as in everything else in life, do as the Zodiac would do. Yeah. Now, speaking of do as the Zodiac would do, I think the Zodiac would follow us on social media, and y'all can do that, too. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ThatSpookyPod. You're damn right you can. You can also go over to ThatSpooky.com and get a whole bunch of really cool shit. You can read information about the episodes. You can listen to episodes there. You can also just fulfill your every waking fantasy on the internet on that website. It's a true launching point. Yes, and after you're done with that, if you want to reach out to us, if you want to tell us about a secret society that doesn't suck, which we know doesn't exist, if you have spooky stories of your own, or if you just want to say hi, if you want to send your cute little kids or your cute little animals dressed up in rainbows, you can do that too, because people have done that, and you can email it to thatspookypod at gmail.com. That's T-H-A-T-S-S-B-O-O-K-Y-P-O-D, just like it is in the Instagram and the Twitter. Also, while you're kicking around on the Instagram, internet there you can still go to that spooky.com slash store and get a spooky bitch pride shirt because hey guess what we've extended the release of spooky bitch pride shirts until the end of july this was because some people reached out and they wanted an opportunity to get it a little bit later on also because we found out that t public just decided to do a sale on their yeah. entire website starting like two days after we were going to stop selling the shirt yeah and that's just not cute that's not cute and we also realized that the way they to do their payouts we won't get the july sales until august so we figured why not just do it the entire month yeah like because if we can't get rainbow railroad their money from these shirts until like august anyway what's another week of keeping it open yeah plus it's just more money that we can potentially send to them yeah because we've already actually got a really cute donation that rainbow railroad's going to be getting mm -hmm. on behalf of this podcast and all you spooky bitches so thank you to those of you who have bought shirts and those of you who will in the future an anticipatory thank you please if you've gotten your shirt send us a photo we yeah. would love to see it we are creating a little look but <laughs> yeah Not not like officially i'm just no. joking what can i say wow a joke for me never all right well thank you so much for joining us this week everyone yeah thank you so much we love you very much and did you know that i have never seen your eye color on anybody else no yeah i was gonna ask you if you had custom contacts yeah but i can tell now that you don't you're a true original yeah you truly are an anomaly all right well we love you very much everyone kissy kisses and don't forget, as always, if you're going to be a bitch, be a spooky bitch. Bye. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to That Spooky early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen early and ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey.